Blog Talk Radio. podcast for film and TV lovers who also love to travel. It's me, Lisa Iannucci, and by now you know that I'm not only the founder and host of this podcast, I'm also the author of On Location, the Film and TV Lovers Travel Guide, which you can order on Roman Publishing's website at rowman.com or get an autographed copy through Oblong Books in Rhinebeck, New York. You can visit their website at oblongbooks.com. So it's been a busy few weeks. I've been busy with work and and writing and getting my daughter back to college, which I mentioned in the last uh, podcast, and just doing stuff around the house. But I did get a chance to see quite a few movies over the last couple weeks, and I wanted to just talk about two of them, one of them being Crazy Rich Asians, which is absolutely adorable. Uh, It's a great love story. It's not my favorite love story that's out there, but I think they did a really good job. It was definitely not the kind of movie I was expecting. And I just thought that it was very creative. The storyline was really good. And most importantly, being a film and TV travel lover, I have added Singapore onto my list of places I would like to see one day. I have never been there. And thanks to this movie and some of the visuals that you see throughout the storyline, I can tell you that so many people are writing about not only the success of this movie and how well done it is, but why people now want to go to Singapore. Some of the places that they mention that where the filming locations were are the Raffles Hotel, Humpback Restaurant, Merlion Park, if I'm pronouncing that right. And you'll definitely see that it just looks really, really pretty. So if you haven't seen the movie and you're looking for just a good storyline and a really just nice movie, um, you definitely should check it out. It might give you that bug to get to Singapore like I got. I do want to give a shout out to Aquafina. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's a rapper. She's been in Ocean's 8 and she's now in Crazy Rich Asians and she plays the friend uh, uh, Park Lynn, I think you pronounce her name. I, I'm telling you, every time she's in a scene, the audience was hilarious. They were just cracking up because she's hilarious. And I really think that she was the standout of this movie. Uh, so again, check it out, Crazy Rich Asians. And then the other movie, <laughs> you might laugh at me for this, but the other movie that I've absolutely fallen in love with is Christopher Robin. I've seen it twice. Went and saw it the first time with my daughter. And It was just seriously one of the sweetest movies I've ever watched. I mean, you do get to the point where you're yelling at Christopher Robin because you want him to stop yelling at Pooh Bear, but, you know, he's grown up and he's kind of tied into his work and he's really all just stressed and, and, and Pooh Bear is just so adorable and the voice and the motions and the things that he says and just, uh, that movie just won my heart. So a couple weeks later, when I was having a stressful week myself, just like Christopher Robin, I thought about, well, what could I be doing to kind of de-stress right now because I couldn't let my anxiety get the best of me? So I packed up 
for the day and decided I'm done with work for a few hours. I needed to just get out of my office and go relax. And I went and watched Christopher Robin all over again. And there are some movies that will get a higher than a 10 rating for me. I rate every movie from zero to 10. And Christopher Robin is one of those movies that, in my opinion, gets a higher rating than a 10. And I've given it a 12 because it's just, that sweet and there's not one person that I've talked to that doesn't like it there is this rumor going around like one of my friends who is a dentist and we go to the movies a lot together and she said something about her daughter didn't like it because it made Pooh Bear look odd and somebody else said you'll never look at Pooh Bear the same way and in a negative way I have no idea what they're talking about and as my children would say And kids say today, you get all the feels in this movie. Now, why am I bringing that up in my podcast? Because there's this one scene where Christopher is sitting with Pooh Bear on the side of a hill, and the view is absolutely spectacular. And I'm sitting in this movie twice going, I want to sit in that same spot so that I can also sit where Christopher Robin sat with Pooh and just see this absolutely beautiful landscape. They filmed most of it in London, and you can find – different articles out there about the locations that they shot and and take a Christopher Robin tour if you want to one day in London. I know I plan on doing that as well because I'm going to sit on the side of that hill that he was on and just go, oh, because that's what that movie did to me. It just went, oh. (laughs) So I give it a 12 and nice job. So I actually already told my kids I even want that movie on DVD for Christmas so I can watch it anytime I want. And anytime I'm having a stressful day. (laughs) So before we get to this week's interview, let's once again give a shout out to this week's Real Travel sponsor, Mario Scalzi of Parker Villa Tours. And I've mentioned it before, uh, Mario, I've known him for a few years now through other articles and other work that I've done. And he works really hard for his customers. His company offers Italian vacation rentals. So if you're looking to go to Italy and you want to stay at a clean, quality home that they inspect and make sure that there's a good reputation with the place, visit Parker Villa, Parker Villa's website at www.parkervillas.com. So who's my guest today? So today my guest is Darlie Newman. And if you have Amazon Prime, you might know Darlie from her own show, Travels with Darlie. She's an Emmy-nominated TV host, travel entrepreneur, and expert, and we had a really fun conversation, and she's here to talk about her life, her career, and the trips that she's taken um, that are all based on TV shows and films. Take a listen. I am really excited today because my guest is someone who, I'm, she doesn't know it, but I'm literally just going to give her this podcast because she has done so much more than I've ever done, and I don't think I've ever been so jealous of a guest as I am right now and she has no idea I just said that so (laughs) so this interview should go really well and I have so many questions for her I might just keep her on the phone for two hours so buckle up this is going to be fun uh who I who do I have today I have Darlie Newman she's an Emmy nominated TV host travel entrepreneur and expert and if you have Amazon Prime head over there because her episode 13 episodes of Travels with Darlie are now up on Amazon for you to enjoy. Darlie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm happy to be here. 
I'm happy to have you here. And I was not kidding because when I tell you, I obviously know who you are. I know the work that you've done. And you have been to just some amazing places that people dream of going. And it's you're just so inspiring. And I'm thrilled that you wanted to talk to me. This is awesome. No, I'm excited to be here. I, I love traveling. I caught the travel bug early on. And it's just, I feel like life is so short, so I love going to new places, and I, I really love sharing it through our series and just telling great stories. So I'm, I'm glad to speak with a fellow travel lover. Well, let's backtrack, too, because you brought up that you caught this travel bug early, and it's interesting because I did, too, but later on in life, you know, life kind of takes you in a different direction, and I created what's called this, like, virgin traveler site, which means you wanted to travel your whole life, but you got a late start. So we have people that listen to the show that got the bug early and some that got the bug late. So tell us a little bit about, like, when did you know that you had the bug? I mean, how young were you? Well, so and I, well, and I love your site, and I love the idea because I don't think it's ever too late to start traveling, which, I, you know, that's what your site is, is partially about. I don't think it's ever too late. But I definitely, I caught it early. I mean, I've always been someone who's curious and, you know, can't sit still and was always bored as a child and coming up with creative, interesting things. I mean, I literally, when I was a kid, I, in my neighborhood, I had people, I would take people, and I don't think I've ever told anyone this, so this is interesting. I would take people on little journeys within our neighborhood. So I would act as like a travel guide and lead people around on my bike that are just my friends. And I'd be like, today we're going to go. So I guess early on, I knew I wanted to explore. (laughs) We'll put it that way. But later on, I was able to go to California when I was very young with my family to, and it was actually on a bad occasion. My grandfather passed away, so we were spreading his ashes in various locations that he were special to him, which is kind of a weird, morbid, but interesting trip. So that's when I started to get interested in travel, but it wasn't really until I was in high school, so freshman year, that I was able to go to Europe for the first time with a friend's family, and it wasn't even with my own family. I tagged along, and my eyes were opened. I thought, wow, first of all, the food, you know, if you've ever been to Europe, you know the food is amazing, right? (laughs) I wish I could say that I've been there, but that's on my little list to do. I'm kind of that late bloomer, but one of these days I'm going to call you up, and I'm actually going to go, remember that time you said, you know how good that food is? Well, now I know. (laughs) Oh, no, I, I have lots of good food spots to share with you for when you venture over. That's one of my favorite places to eat. France is one of the best ones. We just got back from there. But it was that initial trip going to France. I went to Italy and Greece in one trip. It was amazing. And I thought, this is, I just want to see the world because there's so much out there. So it really, really opened my eyes. And I've strived since then to make it happen and made it into a career. That's how much I liked it. So, yes, love to travel. Well, that's the interesting part because a lot of people will say that they have a travel bug, but they'll still hold their day job as a banker or a secretary or something, and they'll travel on their two-week vacations. You have made this a career. When did you get that point where you were like, you know, I don't have to just do this on a two-week vacation. I can do this every day of my life. Where, when did that happen? Well, again, when I, back when I was in high school, 
when I was mm-hmm. thinking about what, what I wanted to do later in life, I told people that I wanted to host a travel show. I mean, it took many years to actually figure it out, figure out how to do it. And I worked in TV and I you know, worked in radio and I worked in PR. I did all this stuff. Um, but I kind of was building to trying to start my own TV show, which I eventually ended up doing. And I've, I've you know, made it my life's work to travel and document it, which I love, I love doing. And yeah, no, I just decided, I was like, I'm going to try to do this. And I didn't really know how to do it. And there's not really one set path, like many careers nowadays and jobs, you kind of have to figure it out and you can chart your own path. So that's, that makes it interesting. But I just said, that's what I want to do. And I want to maximize my time and (laughs) see as many places as I can. So that's what I'm trying to do. And you have seen so many. I mean, we could just go on for hours about all the different things that you've seen. But what surprised you? You You're you're on this show, and we're going to talk about the the film connection here because people are wondering, you know, why Darlie's here. It's for a lot of reasons. I'm going to ask her about some tips and things like that to give to you guys when you're out on your own travels. And she has her own film travel stories. But what I want to know is, like, you know, when, when... when you're starting to do this as a career, like what surprised you about doing this that you didn't expect when you didn't even realize what would happen to you? So much. (laughs) Uh, So much. I've had a lot. There's been a lot of surprises along the way. But I think one of the main things that I have found interesting is how much insight I've gained about people as I've traveled, and the more I travel, the more I really think that we are all so connected. And, you know, you look on the news, you read articles, and there it seems like people may be divided. But as you travel the world, I've found that people are always open to share their culture and their experience and their way of life. And if you're a good listener, you can pick up on that and really gain just amazing insight into human beings and our planet. And that's been one of the deepest surprising things. And then I've had a lot of surprises and challenges just with the logistics of, you know, planning some of these things. Like we rode in Jordan with the Bedouin through the desert where they did film shots of Lawrence of Arabia. It actually helped spur the tourism industry over in Jordan. And that scenery is amazing. But even like, you know, your day-to-day of how are you going to move through the desert with horses and are you going to put the crew on horseback or not, which I've done with my Equitrekking series. And that's a whole, whew, the logistics on that are interesting. Yes, very interesting. So there's been a lot of challenges, but I think that's part of the fun. You just have to kind of roll with it and realize that, you know, you have to you have to gauge or what's the end of the world and what's not. You know, like is this crisis really bad or is it just another crisis? <laughs> so I'm going to do that. And it's interesting because you're you're not one person carrying around an iPhone where a lot of you see like YouTubers who talk about travel are doing. They're literally just carrying their iPhone around. I mean, you have a whole crew that comes with you. Have you ever run into situations where you've gone to film and you've either been in a dangerous situation or a situation where they were like, no, you're not filming here? Um, For the most part, I – I'm doing a lot of legwork and research ahead of time so people do know we're coming, but we have had some situations where somehow, and I think this was, you know, just this woman was maybe not all together. She 
somehow forgot we were coming. <laughs> so we showed up, and it was more like a surprise, even though I think I had emailed her again the day before, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this wasn't high on her priority list. <laughs> but um, you just, again, you figure things out. But most of the time, um, we're kind of pre-clearing everything so that people know we're coming, so we don't have those issues. And we're not like the news you know, so we're we're telling stories and doing something kind of positive. So I haven't had a lot of pushback where where that comes in. But it, it has been interesting. There's definitely challenging places though where we've been like, how are we going to get there and do this? Because I like to cover places that are sometimes off the beaten path. And when you have to, when you do have to have everyone horseback riding in, because that's the only way to get there, that makes it really challenging to kind of put it together. So who comes up with where you're going to go? I mean, are we actually watching you fulfill, like, all the places you want to go? Does, do they tell you you have to go here? Like, how does that happen? Well, so you definitely will see a lot of places that I want to have wanted to go in the show. And I, I'm one of those people, though, that I really want to try to get as many places as possible. But I'm, I'm, I have a lot to do with it because it's the show that I started, both of the shows I created, both Equitrekking and Travels with Darley. And I, uh, I have a world map out there that I'm looking through and always trying to find new destinations, but also thinking about what people might want to see. So we're in our in both of the series that I've been doing, we are actually balancing US and international destinations because as you know, there are a lot of great places in everybody's backyards that they, they don't think about traveling to see. And there are places further afield as well. But I like to try to give a balance of places that are really easier to get to and drivable if you're maybe somewhere in the U.S., but then also those more exotic places like Hong Kong or Tokyo where you're definitely invested in that trip and you're making it a big trip. So we're trying to show both sides of the travel spectrum. So for somebody who hasn't seen your show and let's say they're learning about you for the first time and they're headed, they're running over to Amazon right now because they, they should be, um, are, do you provide, let them know like what you provide in terms of, you know, do you just show them the area? Or do you give them tips and itineraries as well of things to do? Let them kind of know a little background of what they're going to expect. Sure, yeah. If you watch our series Travels with Darley, which is on Amazon Prime, and it's also on PBS stations, and AOL and MSN, we've got content in a lot of places now. It's me traveling with locals, and you won't see me talking a whole heck of a lot on the show because, again, I think the story is best told through people that live in those places when you travel to a destination. If you want to find out about the best food and about you know the best place to go biking or horseback riding or go try stand-up paddleboarding for the first time, you should ask the people that live there. So that's what I try to do in the series is – tell the story of each place that we're visiting through the people that I'm interacting with and talking to. And it's not a, a show where I'm going to stand there and interview someone. We're going to do something while we talk. So we're going mm -hmm. to bike the local trail. We're going to go on a snowmobile in Iceland. We're going to you know, go up in, in a glider in the Finger Lakes of New York. That was pretty crazy. And filming wow. that was also very interesting, and I felt very sick after that. <laughs> but I would still really? tell people to do it because it was cool. But, yeah, it's it's all about getting that locals' experience, which I think makes it an authentic show, and then the experiences are things that people can recreate authentically because we also are out with people that you could see on your travels or go out with in different places. 
See, that's the interesting thing, because the number one on my list of places I have not seen yet, and I've been very open about this, is Tuscany. I have a dream, a goal to get to Tuscany. And people have sent me these, like, two-week group tour things, and I keep saying to them, that's not what I want. And when I explain it to them, I say, I want to live like a local. I don't want to go there for two weeks in a group of people who are being moved from one tour to the next, which I'm sure has its own benefits, I want to rent an apartment and live there for a month and meet the people like you do who live there and can tell me where the best place is to eat and, you know, even cook a little bit on my own while I'm there. I I think that's the coolest part about what you do is because, like you said, you know, you're asking the locals, you're you're doing everything the locals do, and, and that's so important to what you get out of your trip versus being a I hate to say it, for lack of a better word, a typical tourist. I mean, don't you agree? That's I, I think it's a great way to travel. And your, your thought about Tuscany, so I studied abroad in Florence, Italy, for six months and lived with a family. So I got the lay of land if you ever want tips on that. But I went back again two years ago. My friend lives there. She ended up staying for this Italian man that she thought she was going to marry and then that didn't work out. So she was living in Florence. She did meet someone else. She's married with two kids. She's not leaving anytime soon. So I went back for her wedding and rented an apartment, did it through VBRO, and had an amazing time because I felt I, like you did. I thought, well, and especially since I had lived there before I was, for at least a little bit of time, I thought I want to go back and do this in an authentic way and go to the local markets and and do some cooking and you know I knew the kind of the restaurants and bars I wanted to frequent too so I think that's a great way to do it and whether you are in a hotel or an apartment either way an apartment can be kind of a cool thing because you at least you know then you can make some things at home as well Um, it's a great way to kind of integrate into a neighborhood as well and see that place just as the locals would going to their coffee shop in the morning and hanging out with them and trying to speak the language if you can, or at least using an app on your phone to try to do so. So there's a lot of cool things you can do nowadays, which is neat. My husband and I have been trying to learn Italian. Um, and if he, I know he can hear me sitting out on the porch because he'll say that he's trying to learn Italian and all I can really say is spaghetti and meatballs right now. But, you know, <laughs> I tell him, I'm trying. It's hard. It's not easy to learn a new language, you know, but I am I'm trying little by little to pick up what I need to know so that once I get there, I want to know how I can order pizza. That's really about it. Good for me. Pizza, pasta, put me down at a restaurant somewhere. Let me just try all the Italian food and I am happy, you know, and it's it's it'll be a dream come true for me. But I you know, I want to ask you because for me, Tuscany came about because of a film I watched Under the Tuscan Sun years ago. Love it. Love and it. I, oh, my God. Is that just not the best movie? It's just amazing. And so great. When, yes. when they, well, they show all this awesome scenery, and I never had a connection like this in my life. I started to get misty. I My eyes welled up looking at my television screen and watching this movie with this beautiful scenery and I had this emotional connection to Tuscany and from that point on I've wanted to go there have you had a situation like that didn't have to bring you to tears but did a movie inspire you to say hey I want to go there many movies I am a big fan of watching movies or reading books that are 
filmed in locations I don't know about or other locations, and Europe is a big one. The movie French Kiss (laughs) Mm -hmm. with Meg Ryan is one of my favorite movies, and that one I would say would be one that definitely inspired me. I, too, loved Under the Tuscan Sun. That movie was one that I could watch over and over again, and I love Diane Lane, so... Yes, I am right there with you. But there, there, there are lots of movies out there that I've I've seen and then thought, wow, that's a place I want to go. You know, watching something. This is this sounds bizarre, but the Harry. I love Harry Potter. I know a lot of people do, and mm-hmm. I was able to go to um, Hogsmeade Station. There is actually a Hogsmeade Station in. England, and I'd actually created like a, it's part of our show, it's part of one of our England episodes, but just being able to film there, if you ever wanted to visit, it's in the Yorkshire countryside, Um, it's called Gothland Station, they actually film in the area too, they film this British police drama Heartbeat, I don't know if you know, do you know that show, or have you heard of it? No. No. It's very popular in the UK. So that town ha- was, has been like a movie set, which is kind of interesting. But you could actually take an old um, steam engine train or a diesel train there to the station and, and see it. So I think that's kind of cool. But, no, I'm a big fan of, of learning about places through the medium of film and video. And even if I'm watching a something on someone's social media now or on YouTube or, you know, renting a movie and and learning about a destination through the film. I think that does inspire travel and it's definitely inspired me just to continue to want to learn about a place. I'll watch something and I'll be like, oh, now I need to look up more information on that place to learn more about it. So I think it's, it's totally a great inspirer. I agree. I mean, and I, and, and I, it doesn't just have to be these big, exotic places either i mean i've watched even just sitting at home watching things on on reality shows like the amazing race and they've come to the united states even at the end of their their competition and they show certain things that i may not even be aware of and i'm like oh i want to go there i want to do that and that's why i keep telling people how much film and tv it is such an inspiration. Um, and tell me about your Calendar Girls connection, because I love that movie. Oh, my goodness. That's a great movie as well. So when I was over in the U.K., I was actually able to travel to an area where they filmed a lot of the Calendar Girls movie. It's um, around Yorkshire and especially Skipton, where I will tell you if you travel to this area, go to this town. They have this restaurant called Busy Lizzie's, and they make really good fish and chips, so I would tell you to definitely do that. And if you're traveling around the Yorkshire area in general, we went to the Yorkshire Dales National Park, and there's just that beautiful scenery that if you've seen the film, you will recognize just from traveling around the area. But while we were there, I was able to actually go to a small village and meet with the real Calendar Girls, who the movie is based off of, um, Trisha Stewart, Angela Baker. And I thought, when, this is actually kind of a funny behind the scenes. So I knew I was going to get to meet these women and do an interview with them at, at a local pub, which sounded awesome. But I thought just one of them was going to come. And when I got there, 
there were they all came. <laughs> so uh-huh. first of all, I wasn't prepared for that from a media standpoint because we're a single camera shoot. We had two lavalier mics, so usually it's me and one other person. So we were our production team. We got together and we were thinking, how are we going to film this? Like, how are we going to do this interview? And if anyone wants to go in and watch this England show on Amazon Prime, watch it because I think you'll find it interesting. Basically, what we had to do was focus the camera on them for the whole time we were filming the segment. We put a mic between them, and the mics were given to them, basically, two mics. So we spread them out among the women. And the conversation was awesome. There was such a good rapport. But I had to actually then redo my questions after they left because they had limited time, and that's the way we had to film it because of the mic situation. So I am not an actress, FYI. So I had to sit there and pretend I was talking to them afterwards. And we, I'll have to publish those outtakes at some point because I was laughing so hard when I was trying to act like they were there after they weren't. Um, But it turned out to be a really good segment. The women were awesome their story is so heartwarming and so inspirational and just so fun so I thought that was really neat to see them in real life and they've had such a success such success from everything they've done and all the money they've raised for charity which I think is is really neat now if anybody's listening and goes who are the calendar girls um, you have to go watch this movie because these are women who raised money for a local hospital by posing nude for a calendar. And the calendar becomes this media sensation. And it's, it's Helen Mirren. I don't have to say anything else. Helen Mirren. Yes. Just go watch it. It's, it's a fantastic movie. And I, I can't imagine. I mean, I would be like I, I guess the term that everybody uses now, like I, I fangirl, you know, and to sit there and think that you could actually, or you actually met the real ones. I'd be sitting there. Did do you have these fangirly kind of moments as you're, as you're traveling around meeting people and doing things? I, I, I often meet such interesting people and that's what I love to share through our show. But a lot of people I meet are regular people. You know, they're not, celebrities they're just doing something that I think is interesting and we try to highlight on our travels so I kind of become a fan of people that are just passionate experts in some realm or another or people that have done something extraordinary on a small level so I've become a fangirl of people that I just think are cool that are doing neat things I was just out in North Dakota and I went out with this guy Nick Yabara who has worked really hard to keep this trail called the Matahe Trail. It's this awesome mountain biking trail that goes through the grasslands out in North Dakota in the western part. He's worked to keep it open, and he literally takes a lawnmower and goes out there and mows the grass down to keep this trail up and alive. So I became one of his fans, because riding out with him, you kind of see things differently, because he just loves that area so much. So I I love to travel with people like that who have such a love for what they're doing and their area. And you know, and then there's the stars like the Calendar Girls who also have that pride of place. And that's just so fun to be around and capture. And it, it makes the segments and what, what I'm doing come to life. So I think it's really, really cool. That's awesome. And you've mentioned um, it's called Equitrekking or Equitrekking? Equitrekking. 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 Um, you can tell I've never done it before, but I know that I know all about it, and I know that um, we have listeners who are, are interested in this. Tell them a little bit about that part of what you do and how you were inspired to start that. 
Well, so that's one thing that I thought you might find interesting as well, because I know with your book On Location, you you had some John Wayne Westerns and, and different movies mm-hmm. that people that are super famous that people can relate to. So with Equitrekking, that's a show that I started years ago. It's airing all over the world now. I actually traveled around the world for that series on horseback. So riding horses with locals all over the world, including in the American West, where we've ridden at a number of sites that are places where they filmed famous Westerns. So one was um, Snow Canyon State Park in Utah, and a lot of Hollywood filmmakers have traveled there to film different parts of their movies, like The Electric Horseman and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Jeremiah Johnson. And I was able to go out there and ride horses through this scenery that's so iconic and just epic scenery. And those are places that we try to profile in the show. And they're not all places where movies are filmed, but that series is all about, again, getting off the beaten path, getting out into nature, being with locals, and experiencing something new. So with Equitrekking, we're often showing you these are places that you could go and ride, Lisa, if you want to, because they're open to the public. Mm-hmm. If you want to hop on a horse, and a lot of times, like, what's interesting is that the places have horses, and they do have horses for different levels of riders. So if you are a beginner, you can go out and ride at Snow Canyon State Park and, and go through this iconic scenery. You don't have to be an expert. And I think that makes it kind of a unique show and a unique way to see a place. So I've enjoyed sharing that over the years with folks. That's amazing. I mean, how how long are you on the road every year? I mean, it, are you ever home? I mean, you're home now, but are you ever, like, typically home for long periods of time? I just got back from quite a stretch. We were in Virginia. We went to California. We went to North Dakota and France all in one time period. So right now I don't know what time zone I'm in, <laughs> which is not <laughs> unusual sometimes. The jet lag can be a killer, I will tell you. <laughs> But wow. I'm traveling I'm traveling quite a bit over the year over each year. We're filming usually thirteen episodes a year. So that's probably you know, I'm gone maybe sixteen weeks in total, but sometimes sometimes a little bit more because I'm also traveling for other reasons. But then when I when I'm back I'm busy planning new trips and, you know, working on the episodes and all of that kind of stuff. So I definitely uh, try to stay on the road as much as I can, but definitely have to be home, too. And and I like both, but I do like being on the road. So we talked in the beginning about people who haven't gone out there and traveled a lot, and maybe they're starting for the first time, or they have this idea of a trip that they want to take, and they have no idea where to even start. What kind of tips would you give them on how to actually get out there and do something they want to do? I think a great thing to do, first of all, is to talk to friends and family and people that you trust to get advice on places to go. Because one thing I think that is so important is if you're going to go out and travel or take a vacation, we all know we have limited time, limited funds, you know, everything can be limited. But time is such a major thing. You know, you invest your time in your vacation so you want it to be good. So I think it's important to find someone that you trust and get good information on places to go from them. Because believe it or not, you can still find websites out there that are not accurate. (laughs) And information Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't call fake news, but I would say that photo (laughs) didn't live up to what I saw when I got there. (laughs) 
that in fact does exist. <laughs> so I think people should try as a first step to find trusted resources, whether it's a friend or a family or, you know, it's someone like us. You could watch our show and see right there what it looks like <laughs> and see how it is. <laughs> um, those are good resources to really get a good idea of, of where you might go and how it might live up to your expectations because and part of the best process of travel i think is planning it because it's so exciting and it does take time but it can be really fun to search and look for the right place to go and the right thing to do but doing your research is a big part of part of the planning process that is so important you know i tell everybody that a lot too because uh, you know you hear people who are like well i'm not going to be able to get here or there for a number of years and i'm like so why aren't you planning now they're like, oh, it's uh, it's not going to be for a number of years. And I'm like, but especially if you want to do a trip to Europe or a huge around-the-world trip or being a month away and visiting a whole bunch of different places, like you said, it takes time, and you you can learn about it as you go along so that once you get there, your experience is so much better because you didn't just jump in. I mean, it could be – I guess it could be fun either way, and, you know, once you get there, learning about new things. But – I always tell people, why why are you waiting two years from now, even if you can't get there till three years from now? Start, you know? It's crazy. Well, yeah. and, and, go ahead. Go ahead. A lot of places, too, require a fair bit of planning, and a lot of places require you to plan ahead. If you want to go to some of our national parks and stay there, you know, if you want to go out to Yellowstone and stay at the park, whether you're going to camp or stay in a lodge, you need to book in advance because <laughs> that's going to book up. Right. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, and even I'm I'm in the D.C. area, um, Assateague Island National Seashore is not so far from us, and they have amazing beaches, awesome camping. There are wild horses there. It's a really cool place to visit. But if you want to camp on the beach, you better book in advance because that's going to get booked up really quickly because there are not that many spots. So, I think you can definitely make your experience better if you take the time to, to look at it ahead of time and make sure you're going to get what you want to make it the best that it can be. Agreed. And you can all start by watching uh, Travels with Darlie on Amazon. Start with the 13 episodes, go back to her previous episodes, and, and find something that you want to do and check out. And I have to ask you, Darlie, because – I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times, but where have you not gone to that is still on your list of places you want to see? I have an ever-growing list as I find out about more places that I want to go, but I actually want to do more travels in Asia. So I've done Cambodia, I've been to Hong Kong and Tokyo, which is amazing in itself, but now that I've been to those places, I just want to see more. So just in general, getting to more Asian destinations is on my list because I've been blown away by the food there alone. I have really loved eating in Asia. And I think in Hong Kong especially, the food blew my mind. So I want to get back and try as many new things as I can. Awesome. Well, I am so happy that you have been a guest on this show, and I'm doing, I'm holding my restraint here because I really do just want to keep talking to you for like another hour, and it's very hard to stop. But can you please tell our listeners where, I know we talked about finding you on Amazon, um, Amazon Prime, but can you please tell them where else they can find you in terms of social media? 
Sure. You can, yeah, I'm always posting as we travel, which is kind of fun to follow along from both Darley Newman and Equitracking, and then on Facebook at Travels with Darley. And on our website, travelswithdarley.com, I'm actually publishing our trip itineraries and travel tips and even recipes from the road. So if you want to get insight and see what we've done in the show or you saw something, you say, oh, well, I want to go there, you can find it on our website. Awesome. Darlie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am thrilled to have you here, and this has been so much fun, and you are such a travel inspiration. And like I said, you can have this show because you've done so much more than I have. And it could be it could be real travels with Darlie. There's your new show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I get to your area, you might need to be my local. <laughs> I I would love that. I'm actually in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley, which is so beautiful. You were talking about the Finger Lakes. That's a little bit higher up than me. But, you know, if you're ever back in this area, the Hudson Valley, especially in the fall, the, the just the change of the leaves and the mountains that are here, it's just beautiful. And I would love to, to, you know, host you and let you know what's going on in this area. Cool. You're you're going to be in my list now, my address book list. I have a list going of people that are experts in different areas. So, Lisa, you're on it. I made the list. Awesome. <laughs> Darlie, thank you so much. And, uh, again, everybody, check out Travels with Darlie. And, uh, you know, if, again, if you know, follow her on social media. And, Darlie, thank you so much. And I, I really appreciate this. Thanks, Lisa. Can't wait for your Europe trip. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> yeah, me either. So after we went off the air, Darley talked about a movie called The Way with Martin Sheen. It was a movie in 2010, and the description of the movie is an American father travels to France to retrieve the body of his estranged son who died while attempting the pilgrimage to Spain, Santiago de Compostela. If I pronounced that correct, if I didn't, I'm sorry. He resolves to take the same journey himself in an effort to understand both himself and his son. And Darley said the movie is great. It inspired a lot of people to actually take that similar journey. And it's just such a wonderful travel movie to watch. So she wanted, I told her that I would recommend this movie to you guys out there and tell you, tell you all that it came from Darley because we talked about it together um, off the air. So I want to thank Darley for being on the show with me. And I'm so excited to talk to her. And you can find, again, you can find her on Twitter at Darley Newman. And her website is Travels with Darley. Please check out her second season on Amazon Prime. And there's so much more I could talk about, but you guys have been so wonderful sticking around, listening to my interviews. So please just follow me on Twitter at Virgin Traveler and follow my podcast. Leave me any kind of, wherever you're listening to this, please leave me some kind of a review or rating or comment if you like. (laughs) And finally, don't forget, if you don't have a copy of On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide, please order it today. Hey, the holidays are coming up. You can get your order in early for a nice Christmas present for somebody. So again, thank you very much. This is Lisa Iannucci of Real Travels. I'll see you in the next podcast. And in the meantime, get out and travel. (laughs) 